0: G'day everyone, my name's Dave Adamson, welcoming you to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and future of the next generation. In this season of the podcast, we're interviewing some of the speakers we're hosting at Orange Conference 2022 this April. We'll talk about what it means to be human and how churches can better care for the humans in their community. And today, we're so excited for you to get to hear this conversation with Kristen Ivey and our guest, Dr. Darius Daniels. Now, Darius is the founder and lead pastor of Change Church, and he's developed a standard of excellence that is so apparent in his commitment to ministry as well as education. He holds a Master of Divinity degree from Princeton Theological Seminary and a Doctorate of Ministry degree from Fuller Theological Seminary. Dr. Darius is a certified personal coach who speaks frequently at seminars and churches across the country, and he and his wife, Shamika, have two sons. And he's also a great human being, so let's jump straight in to their conversation. We believe the work you do on the front lines with kids and teenagers is the most important work in the world. Every meeting with a small group leader, email to parents, and late-night supply run matters because you're helping kids and teenagers develop an everyday faith. On average, you have about 40 hours this year to influence the faith of kids and teenagers who come to your programming. That means you need to be intentional about your messaging strategy. Orange Curriculum is a comprehensive strategy for birth to high school. Each age group curriculum not only provides you with strategic messages to engage kids and students with biblical truths, but also resources to help you train volunteers and partner with parents. To start using Orange Curriculum to spend less time planning your message and more time doing what only you can do, building relationships. You can get started today at tryorangefree.com. That's tryorangefree.com.
1: Darius, thank you so much for being here with us today.
2: Man, I'm super excited. Love Orange. Uh, love you and Reggie and all that's happening. Uh, I hope it's great. I think it's going to be great. I, I hope it's great. <laughs>
1: We've had a great time being on the road with you for this tour season, and I know not everybody was able to attend the stop, depending on where they live uh, in the country, but it's just been a real honor to listen to your messages, Darius, and um, all that you've brought into the conversation. Every time I walk away, I've taken new notes, seen new things, and I've just really thoroughly enjoyed learning from you, which is why we're so excited that you're going to be at conference with us this year, this April in Atlanta.
2: Listen, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. The the has been I've I learned so much on the on the tour, and uh, you know, you got some of the that the approach to the tour was different this year, obviously because of just everything that 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 that's been going on. But I just felt like it's been so, there's one word I, it's been so rich. Like that's that's been my experience with it, and even the feedback that I've gotten at least from some of the people that were a part of it. It's it's been really rich. So I can't imagine what conference is going to be like this year. <laughs>
1: Well, we're really excited about the theme for conference, uh, Be Human, and we haven't talked very much about that. We're starting the conversation now. Obviously, conference is when we really kick into that theme a lot more, Uh, but we feel like now maybe has never been a better time to remind ourselves of just the importance of being in touch with our humanity. And the reason I thought it'd be fun to talk with you specifically about it today is as I watch you lead. Uh, from the sidelines. You know, I'm looking in and following along and seeing the way that you lead personally, lead yourself, lead your teams, lead the leaders on your teams as they lead volunteers um, and those that they influence. And you are so skilled at not taking humanity out of that equation. Uh, And it can be really tricky to figure out how to lead people and also keep our humanity intact. So Darius, what are some things that come to your mind when it comes to being human and being a leader at the same time?
2: Well, Christian, thank you for, for saying some of that. I'm going to tell you, one, I love the theme. Y'all always come up with these things, and I'm like, yo, where, how do they think of that? Like, or is something like, what does that mean? I can't wait to figure out what that means. But this one, I just feel like resonates with me in a unique way. Because like, when I think about being human, the first thing that comes to my mind is God's creation. And this is what I mean by that. God wanted humans. And I think it's important for humans to actually get that so that we can see ourselves properly. I believe you're always going to behave in a way that is consistent with the way that you see yourself. And this is something that I constantly see, uh, like in the lives of people that I serve. uh, and, And that's this. It is, man, the quality in the course of their life isn't just determined by what they believe about God it is also determined by what they believe about them. So, 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 so huge. And I think, man, it's really important uh, to recognize that, yes, human means imperfect. (laughs) Human at times means inconsistent. Human at times means impulsive, yes. But it also means creative, and it means innovative, and it means loving, and it means generous, and it means kind, and it means serving. It means God created, not other gods. God created humans. We are God's creation. So I think above everything else, that's what stands out to me the most.
1: That's great. As I was listening to you, I'm thinking even more about how significant that understanding is for all of us. Um, And the number of times in scripture that there are references to wholeness, um, Mm. even in the passage that says to be perfect, um, going deeper and looking into what what does perfect mean? That used to bother me a lot, because I'm thinking, I can't be perfect, so how can I be perfect as God is perfect? That doesn't make sense to me. And I remember looking into that one time and realizing there was such an element of wholeness in the definition of that word, that it really meant that we would be complete. And sometimes I think we have this flawed uh, kind of perception of religion where we have to put up some kind of a perfect persona, and then we detach ourselves from the the messiness of our true humanity, and we end up fractured and broken in ways internally that maybe cause us to not act in (laughs) the best way possible or to live kind of a fractured life. Um, But instead, as you're talking, I'm thinking it is to embrace the fullness of that humanity so that we can be made whole the way that God intended. Yeah, yeah.
2: See, you always do this. You do this on the floor. You just say something like you said nothing. I'm like, yo, that's that was deep. Let me think a minute. Let me catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do after that.
1: But. No, Darius. <laughs> I mean, this is these are great conversations because I, I think even as we're talking, it it reminds us again why are we talking about be human at a church conference, right? That conversation could feel like jarring. Shouldn't we be talking about God? Yeah, we're talking about God. We're made in the image of God. That's what defines our humanity. Shouldn't we talk about Jesus? Yet Jesus came to restore our humanity, becoming human for that purpose. Mm. So it's deeply theological, but it's also really tied to the mission of loving people well, which is something that you've modeled uh, exceptionally well. As a leader, I want to come back to the leadership question. How do Mm. you feel like? Uh, Maybe there's tension between leadership and being human, especially in ministry space. Um, So when you think about your own leadership, how do you kind of bridge that gap between leading people well and staying in touch with your humanity and their humanity at the same time?
2: Yeah. You know, Chris, I think the way I would have answered that question maybe even five years ago. It's a lot different than, than the way I would answer it. Now, I think the answer I would have given you five years ago would have been reflective of someone whose identity, for the most part, was kind of grounded in at least my view of God's view of me. But also, like I was wrestling with people's expectations of me, which could get kind of confusing <laughs> because so many different people expect different things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um and so not saying that I don't wrestle with that now, I just don't wrestle with that as, as much because I, I think obviously Jesus is the most influential leader in human history, right? Not just the Bible, but I also kind of feel like I resonate unique, uniquely with Paul's leadership style. And what you see is someone who leads well by demonstrating or, or authentically living out his humanity. Like, when I look at some of the stuff that Paul said to people he was leading, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever say that about me. <laughs> 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 like, he's literally writing to people in Corinth. He's like, listen, I mean, in Rome, he's writing to, believers in Rome. Man, when I want to do good, evil's with me. So the thing that I know is right to do, I don't do that. I do the other thing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who should have me from this body of death? I'm like, bro, you're talking to... Your congregation. You know? <laughs> and so the point that I'm making is I feel like you can't lead humans effectively without properly modeling what it means to be human and uh, human as God intended. And, and I say that because I think the first assignment of a leader. It is is not seen in their activity, it's their example. If leadership is influence, then the example that you set becomes incredibly important, which is why I think Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, you know, and so that's kind of the way I see it now.
1: That's so good, Darius. I don't think I've ever seen the vulnerability in that passage before. I always probably read it in the absence of the humanity of Paul speaking to Paul's congregation, uh, making that confessional statement to go, whoa, that is a model of vulnerability that we should pay attention to.
2: This is what I say. You know what I call it, Christian? I call it sanitizing Mm -hmm. the scriptures, (laughs) Mm -hmm. sanitizing the stories of persons in scripture, right? And these people aren't demigods. Mm -hmm. They are human. And like the Bible is very, very clear about that repeatedly. Even like when I think James mentions Elijah, James is like Elijah, a man with like passions or temptations like us. Even when the writer Hebrews talks about Jesus and his priestly ministry, he says, Hey, he's a high priest who because he's had experience, he's dealt with all of the kinds of same kinds of temptations that that we've dealt with. And so I think when we when we sanitize the stories of scriptures like that and try to rob those characters of their humanity, we rob ourselves of the richness in scripture for us.
1: That's so good. That's one of the things that is has been really fun about these conversations is reimagining uh, the human the human element of scripture and coming back to our own humanity, you know, as people. Uh nothing has really put us in touch with that. Uh, like the last couple years, I think we've all been reminded of our own humanity, our human limits, our limitations, uh, the frailty of life. There's so much that has kind of come uh, to the surface for many of us. And so we get to get back in proximity with other humans um, and really celebrate what's new for the church, what's new for our ministries. And we think part of that answer about what's new for the church is that we get back in touch with what it means to be human and to serve other humans as we come together to follow Jesus. So I love all that you're saying. It's such a kind of a call back um, to our common purpose. Here's
0: what we know is true. You're listening to this podcast because you believe in what you do as a ministry leader. You know that every early morning, late night and meeting that could have been an email is so worth it. And when you believe in what you do this much, you do everything you can to make it better. You know that the mission is too important not to try something new. And that's why we created the Redesign Your Ministry to Last course from Orange Masterclass. Join Reggie Joyner as he unpacks the five essential values for your ministry that will last far beyond a person, a model, or yes, even a pandemic, and innovative strategies to help you elevate them in your ministry. Start working on your ministry, not just in your ministry, today by going to orangemasterclass.com.
1: If you're you know, continuing to think about this idea of being human, because this is our first, we haven't really had a creative meeting together, Darius. This is, <laughs> this is us creating conference right here on the call. <laughs> what else do you think of when you think about what it means for the future church to be reminded of the value of being human?
2: Now, I'm going to be very frank here so that everybody that's listening, I hope, I hope, I hope you're ready. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm going to be very frank. I think it's everything. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. And when I say everything, I mean not exclusively, but specifically for the Christian church in the Western part of the world, and more specifically for the Christian church here in America. Now, when you go over there to, to some places, even to some spots in Asia— and definitely in Africa, the kind of decline we're seeing in the West, we are not seeing in that part of the world. Christianity is spreading rapidly. It's almost viral, especially in some parts of Africa. And and I think here, what we have is, I mean, we've, we've got information, we've got access to technology and things of that particular nature, but it is possible, Christian, to be high tech and low touch. Wow. And I really, really feel like at the core of the gospel is the message of love,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, that it is, and that is God's love extended toward humanity, wow. but God's love also revealing itself in a human. God mm-hmm. decides to become human, to serve humans, mm-hmm. and I really feel like getting back to that is going to be absolutely everything, because loving well begins with a recognition of who you're actually loving. It is a person that is made in the image of God. And I think, you know, Reggie talks about this at the tour. And every time he, say, every time he says it, I'm like, even though I've heard it a lot, it, I don't know, it just affects me differently every time that I hear it because it's treat everybody like they're made in the image of God. People Mm -hmm. that you disagree with are humans Mm -hmm. made in the image of God. People who have not come to faith yet are humans made in the image of God. People who are practicing a different faith Mm -hmm. are humans made in the image of God. And I think it is going to be our most effective, not only evangelistic tool, Mm -hmm. because it it, it was God's. It is also going to be our most effective disciple making tool. This is what Jesus told Peter. Do you love me? Yes, yes. Feed my sheep. (laughs) (laughs) If if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so I think it is absolutely everything. And I don't think we can get like this thing right if we're getting the love and the humanity part wrong.
1: Absolutely. I agree so much. I love that connection and the the message you reference when Reggie ties the Great Commission to the Great Commandment that you can't go make Mm -hmm. disciples if you don't love your neighbor. And those two becoming intricately connected by our recognition of everybody's being made in the image of God. Now you specifically mentioned even people we disagree with, Darius. I thought we were supposed to get rid of them and, and not <laughs> not speak to them anymore. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's a really challenging point, though, to treat everybody, even those you disagree with, as if they're made in the image of God. And I think even Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, even your enemies like they're made in the image of God, even those who have done harm to you, like they're made in the image of God, that's a big challenge. And I don't know that it's something we could ever digest and check off our list and move on and be like, oh, yeah, I aced that class. Like, that's one that we're going to have to keep coming back to, I know, in my own life every day. So what does that look like for you when you think about loving even those who you disagree with as if they're made in the image of God?
2: So a couple of things. And, and there are times I get I get you, you get negative feedback with everything, but there are times I get some negative <laughs> feedback with this because some people confuse trying to maintain God's standard of love. They confuse it with lowering God's standard of righteousness. And you know, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's a false dichotomy. So for me, one of my commitments that that I try to live out. And I I think I really see this modeled in Jesus, and that is not to define someone or not to define the sum total of someone by their mistakes. I I think that's, that's that's a huge one. And I think that's kind of currently in our culture, not just in culture in general, but also in Christian spaces, that it's really, really easy for that to take place. And I just look at people like Zacchaeus. If Jesus had, I mean, he's a tax collector, and I don't know if people actually are aware of what that meant during that time period. It wasn't just he's in the IRS. This is exploitation. <laughs> I mean, this is exploitation at its high, at the highest form and uh, abuse of power. I mean, you, you name it. But Jesus did not define it by the sum total of his of his mistakes. Uh, the woman at the well in John 4 in Samaria, the Bible says the disciples like marvel that Jesus was even talking to her. And what's weird is if you would have asked them what was going on in their head, they would have thought, I'm keeping God's standard of righteousness, right? Jews, we don't have dealings with Samaria, they, they don't believe the way we believe. Their doctrine is off. (laughs) Um, Uh, So you got, you you, you have all types of things there. And I just, I just kind of feel like that's where, that's what I want to do every single day is, Hey, it doesn't mean I endorse everyone's activity, but it means that I'm make, I'm going to make a, try to make a decision not to define you or treat you based off of those mistakes or some of your imperfections
1: so good everybody is more than one thing yes like um, keeping that whole human story at play i mean you're right it's, you see it again and again and again and again if you follow the story of jesus when the pharisees were like how come you, they don't your your followers don't wash their hands the right way or how come your followers eat with those people you know there were so many times that jesus defied that standard and went oh because this is a person made in the image of god and it's not just about the way they eat their food, or it's not just about the way they wash their hands, or I think you've missed the whole essence of the point to begin with, right? And and yet, it is relevant in our lives to come back to that. As we lead kids, and as we lead teenagers specifically, I think this message resonates because there's a generation, Gen Z coming along, kids and teenagers looking at the church, and they're going, is there a place for my humanity at this table? You talked to us a lot about how leading church has kind of intersected with your own family life as well. And I don't want to put you on the spot here, so you don't have to say any more than you want to share. But you've, you've talked about this, um, I think, with us at conference before. I mean, how important would you say or why would you say it's important when you think about your own kids?
2: For a few reasons. I'm going to say, one, it's just important Practically. Like I mean, I I could start like scripturally, like obey the Bible. And of course, we should do that because uh, I don't think God's way is just right. I think it's best, and so I'm I'm not disputing that. But I just think practically, right, in terms of as a parent being responsible for stewarding another human being. So I I I don't know if you can have a more consequential role than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty consequential, but just like practically you want to help them develop into, you know, the person that God's called and created them to be. And you want to do that without inflicting as you, you want to do that without inflicting a lot of damage. I mean, that because you're an imperfect parent, it's going to happen. We're, we're going to miss it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, You know, <laughs> my goal is, is my kids get older and they, if they have to go to therapy that my name is not regularly coming up. So just like practically, I want to serve them well, you know, and so I I think that's one of the reasons. And then there's another component specifically if um, a person is providing leadership in the church. And so I'm a pastor and this is what I've learned. You're going to pastor in a way that's similar to how you parent. There's gonna be some cor- <laughs> That's there's gonna be some correlation there. So if a person is a kind of um zip and zap pastor, I mean parent, what does that mean? It means that not really engaged, they're more corrective than directive. When something's wrong, they kind of zip into the kid's life, zap, and then they zip back out. That's probably gonna show itself up in pastoral leadership also, where it's not a lot of direction. It's Uh, The coaching is not directive, it's corrective. And and so I just feel like it makes you a better leader when you kind of start in the home first, which is why I think not just biblically, but practically. Paul kind of laid that out for Timothy. He's like, hey, as you're vetting leaders for the church here, you need to make sure that you consider how well they're leading their home, and Paul. <laughs> and Paul, he just says he's like, yo, because if they aren't and if they can't, mm-hmm. then they're not gonna lead in the house of God well either.
1: Darius, that is so good. I think I've never had any of those thoughts before. As you were talking about, you'll be the kind of leader that you are a parent. I'm thinking, I wish I'd learned that lesson 20 years ago that our close personal relationships and the way that we steward those are a reflection of our leadership style. And it is part of this message of calling us back to our humanity. I remember I was a high school teacher straight out of college. And in the classroom of high schoolers, maybe because I was in my 20s, I felt like I had to have a commanding personality to get that class in under, you know, in shape and in order. And then I would come home and I had just gotten married. Very soon I learned, you have to leave that, whatever that teacher is, needs to stay in the classroom, it can't come home and Mm -hmm. be part of this marriage relationship if you want to have any kind of healthy, you know, personal relationship with somebody. And years later, I think it's the discovery that actually what you should be doing is leading with the same principles that you have in those more personal relationships, keeping that personal relationship as the center and then lead with that kind of humanity, if that makes sense. And of course, it is exactly what Paul was saying in those passages. So that was just a really great insight uh, as I'm listening to you unpack that for me. Again, keeping that humanity in our leadership style is so core for a generation that's looking to the church to say, are you human are you like me? Am I? Can I fit in here and be a part of this? Um, if we check our humanity at the door, there's a whole lot of kids and teenagers who are going to go. Maybe then this isn't for me. So, I, I love uh, these conversations. And Darius, so excited that you're going to be with us the end of April here in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Gath South Arena. It used to be the Gwinnett Arena. I don't know why the name changed. I can't. <laughs> I'm not. I don't get to control those things. Uh, if you were to leave us with One thought uh, for this week, just to sustain us as we stay on mission, um, what would you say?
2: You know, I think uh, I would say this, I would say one, and again, I qualify this, embrace your own humanity and celebrate the humanity of others. And when I say human, I think some people may assume I, I just simply mean the challenging aspects of being living in a broken world and and being an imperfect being. That's not, but like embrace the fact that God wanted humans (laughs) and I am that, and I want to embrace that. And I am on a journey and I I am in process and I am doing life with and in relationship with, I'm raising, I am leading or I'm serving with people that are on a journey in process as well. And, And I think you know, as Reggie so powerfully uh, articulates on on the tour, I think that when we when we do that, we are really not just carrying out the Great commandment. We are also carrying out the Great Commission.
0: Well, thank you so much, Darius, for joining us today. If you enjoyed listening to this conversation, consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. We got this one recently from Charlie who said, I have served over 10 years in youth ministry and I wish this resource was available to me when I first started. Every week brings content that is challenging and helps me grow as a ministry leader. Thanks so much for leaving that review, Charlie. Our team absolutely loved it. You know, we cannot wait to see all of you at Orange Conference 2022 so that you can join the conversation and we can continue learning together what it means to be human. You can go to theorangeconference.com to save your seat for an Orange Conference like you've never seen before. Well, thanks so much for joining us. My name's Dave Adamson, and we'll see you next time on the Think Orange podcast.